Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It is Saturday. I hope wherever you're watching or listening to this show around the world, you are having a very good start to your weekend. It is miserable here in the UK. I'm looking out of the window. In front of me is grey, grisly, just horrible, horrible Saturday. Horrible way to see out 2023. We of course have two days to go. Arsenal in action tomorrow on New Year's Eve at Fulham in the Premier League. We'll talk a lot about that. In today's show, go through the latest team news, look at the predicted 11, look at what Mikel Arteta has been saying ahead of that game. But there's plenty of transfer stuff going on as well that I wanted to have my say on. Um, Sammy Mottbell over at the Daily Mail reporting um, about interest from Crystal Palace in Eddie Nketiah that I wanted to discuss. There's links with Sergio Roberto over in Barcelona, which are interesting as well. Uh, so I thought we'd sort of start the show by going over some of that before we move on to the Fulham game. So we'll start with... Um, with Sammy's story yesterday in the mail, the Palace are interested in Ketia and Arsenal have turned down an initial inquiry from them for the striker. Now, Palace's interest in, in Ketia is long-standing. Um, a couple of years ago, he was very, very close to moving. Arsenal had agreed a deal, as far as I was aware, and was told with Palace for Ketia, and that broke down over sort of personal terms as uh, Palace negotiated with Nketiah and his people over that move. It didn't happen. He stayed at Arsenal, went on to sign his new contract, of course, but Palace still interested in him and have had an inquiry turned down, according to Sammy, over at the Mail. And interesting one, that, that certainly caused a lot of debate amongst Arsenal fans. Um, you know, what should you do with Eddie and Ketty? I've kind of said it myself. I don't really see a way that Arsenal can get rid of Eddie in January. Look, I think long-term... Eddie Nketiah probably ends up leaving Arsenal at some point. I don't, it's just mid-season in January when Arsenal are struggling for goals, have only got Gabriel Jesus up front. I just don't really see a way that he goes because I'm not sure that him going would mean that Arsenal would have what they needed to then reinvest and bring in a top, top striker that they want. 
And so I think unless you Arsenal are absolutely convinced that they're going to be able to sign someone that they really, really want, I don't see how they can accept an offer for Eddie Nketiah. So I'm not surprised to hear that they have not backed Palace's initial inquiry. Look, we're not even at January yet. We've still got a couple of days to go before the windows opens. Things can change. Things can move on. You know, as we get later on in the window, if Palace come knocking with a really, really decent offer that Arsenal probably weren't expecting, then maybe it's something they would consider. But I think right now, as it stands, as we're heading into January, I'm not surprised that at the moment their stance is that Eddie Nketiah is not for sale because I just don't think they have the squad to be able to let Nketiah go right now. Yes, you know, is Eddie at the level that to be Arsenal's long-term number nine? I don't think so. I think we're all probably in agreement with that. But, you know, you look at the numbers this season, he's Arsenal's joint top scorer in the Premier League. Arsenal aren't scoring many goals. That is a big, big problem at the moment. So can you really let a striker leave without bringing someone in? I don't think you can. So as much as everyone, and I've seen people say, oh, this is ridiculous. Why haven't they just let him go? Just take the money, move on. I'm not sure when you actually you know, put your sensible thinking hat on that that's something that Arsenal can do, that they're in a position that they can do. So we'll wait and see how it progresses as January progresses. But for now, yeah, I'm not surprised that this is the uh, response that Arsenal have given Crystal Palace. But I'm really interested to get your views on it, of course. You know, are you in the camp that so many seem to be that Arsenal should just be accepting this offer? Or well, it's not even an offer, just, you know, accepting to talk, agreeing to talk to Crystal Palace about the possibility of selling Eddie this month? Or do you think that Arsenal are probably right to right now say, look, we can't do it. We're not in a position to be able to do it. He's not for sale. Just let me know, as always, please do in the comments below. The fact that, you know, striker continues to be the big source of debate, of course, when it comes to Arsenal's potential business this summer is no surprise when you look at the numbers and you look at the goals they've scored, especially coming on the back of these last few games when Arsenal have toiled a little bit in front of goal. When you think of Aston Villa and certainly think of what happened against West Ham um, a couple of nights ago, then it's no surprise that everyone's you know, saying Arsenal need a striker, Arsenal need a striker. But as I've said many times, I still look at the squad right now and where Arsenal are right now. And I look at the difficulties the difficulties that they might face in terms of financing this window and I still think that defence stroke midfield is probably the area that they need to prioritise if they can do something this window. I still back Arsenal's forwards to score goals. I think they're in a bit of a rut at the moment. Obviously, well, they are in a bit of a rut at the moment. The stats say it, the numbers say it, but I still back them to come good and to score goals. You know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Arsenal went to Fulham tomorrow and scored two, three, four goals. If Saka got himself a couple. I've just taken Saka out of my fantasy team, by the way. And I've done that in a way because of my ridiculous bad luck when it comes to fantasy league. I've actually done that in the hope that he does go and score two goals. I'm basically going to take full credit if Saka goes to Fulham and finds his form again tomorrow. Uh, it's the whole reason I've taken him out of my team. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if he goes and do, you know does that. And it wouldn't surprise me if Martinelli pops up with a couple. And it certainly wouldn't surprise me if Gabriel Jesus goes and scores. So I still feel like Arsenal have got goals and quality going forward to turn things around and to have enough to get them through the second half of the season. But I just look at the defence and I look at the midfield and that's the area that really does concern me. And there's reports coming out of Spain at the moment. I don't know if you've seen them from sports saying that Sergio Roberto is a player that Arsenal are looking at and that Mikel Arteta really admires. And when I kind of look at what Arsenal need to do in this window or potentially what they probably can do in this window, this is the sort of link that is I find interesting because Arsenal, I think they need a player who can play in a number of positions because they've got Timber out and he's not coming back for a while. 
you know, if this season we have to wait and see, you know, as I've said before, there's no pressure on when Timber comes back because Tommy Asu's out and he could be going away because Partey's out and could be going away. They need versatility. Their versatile players are all injured at the moment and that is causing Arsenal real problems because they've basically got no real way of rotating aside from potentially playing Jakob Kivior at left-back. And when I see links to someone like this, it makes sense to me. And I'm not saying this is true and it's legit and Arsenal are trying to sign him and they're going to go for him in in January, but a type of player like Roberto, who's older, who can play in many positions, you know, he can play right back, he can play left back, he can play midfield. He's played more in midfield this season, but he's, you know, he's known to be known to be a fullback. Uh, you know, he still played 30, over 30 games for Barca last season. He's played, I don't know how many this season, you know, he's not an absolute regular, but he could be someone who comes in and basically just fills a hole between now and the end of the season which is kind of what Arsenal need. And I think that is what they're going to be looking at in January. You know, if something big comes up and they can find a way of doing it, then I'm sure they will try. But financially, it's going to be difficult. It's like the Ivan Tony stuff. You know, I don't see how they can possibly go and slap 80, 90, 100 million, whatever it is that Brentford want on the table for Ivan Tony in January, when just a few months ago, they went to Brentford and said, basically, look, we want your goalkeeper, but we can't afford to pay for him. So we're going to have to take him on loan and then we'll pay you next summer for him. So, I mean, just, you know, just business side of things, how do they then go to to Brentford a few months later and say, okay, here's hundred million pounds, give us Ivan Tony. It just, I don't see how it works like that unless they've found a way of getting around these FFP rules that they need to adhere to at, at the moment. So, I just think it's going to be really, really difficult and to do what they want to do. And they're not going to panic. One thing they're not going to do is panic in the transfer market. Arsenal aren't going to do that. And so I think it's going to be sensible business if they can do it. Mikel's already said he wants to do it if he can. And this is the sort of signing, which what it might not be exciting. It might not be what fans want, but I think it might be the thing that Arsenal end up doing this January is someone who can come in, who can play in a multiple positions, who will strengthen them defensively, could potentially give an, another option in midfield. And that just kind of protects them a little bit until Timber comes back, until Tommy Asu comes back, until Thomas Party comes back. And if anything else, you know, sort of comes into the equation, if suddenly a big offer comes in, you know, for a Inketia that makes Arsenal think, you know, we've got to do this, or for a Smith Rowe that just turns their head and think, you know, we've got to do this. Kivior even, you know, if the interest from Milan ends up with somewhat, you know, somehow a bid for 40, 50 million arriving, then maybe they will do that. And maybe they will then try and make the big signing that we all want. And we all think they probably need over the second half of the season for a Tony. I I, I still, and I have to, and this is just my opinion. If you're going to say to me, what do you think Arsenal should do in January? I would still be more leaning towards signing a winger than a striker despite everything that's going on at the moment despite what everyone's talking about I just think Arsenal they're so reliant on Martinelli and Saka because they have no other real options you know he doesn't really clearly doesn't really trust Reese Nelson in the Premier League um Trossard I think is a really good player but I much prefer Trossard playing as a central striker as that sort of false nine than I do when he plays out on on the left because he just is very very different for Martinelli I'd love to see another out and out winger come in that would give you the option to rotate between Saka, Martinelli and him and can score goals going forward. You know, a Pedro Neto, for example, someone like that, who I think would be absolutely perfect if he could stay fit uh, for Arsenal. And I think if you're going to say to me right now, what's your dream sign in this summer in terms of a position? I think it's a goal scoring winger for me rather than an out and out striker. I think the striker is needed. 
but I think a striker in the summer is, you know, probably the best option for Arsenal, someone that they really, really want and are not going to panic. It's going to be so hard to sign an out-and-out striker in January to convince a team to let their main goal-scoring threat go halfway through a season. It's a really difficult thing to do. So for me, I still think a winger. But let me know everything I've just discussed there when it comes to the transfer window, Roberto, wingers, strikers, anything like that. Let me know your thoughts. Please do in the comments below. Okay, turning... Oh, actually, before I was going to turn attentions to... um to Fulham then, but I just wanted to include this uh, here from For the Win 247. It says left back options are a slight worry. Zinchenko looks physically poorer this season and becoming clear that Arteta doesn't trust Kivior in his place at left back. We desperately need Tommy Asu and eventually Timberback. Hopefully, we address this in the summer. In the meantime, a centre back DM should be a priority for January. If God forbid we're missing one of Rice, Saliba, Gabriel Trio, our title hopes will be really under threat. And this is kind of what I was talking about. It's why I wanted to include this comment just here because this is, I, I really do agree. Um, the, the sort of defensive stroke midfield cover, as I've just mentioned, I think that's why that really needs to be the priority. And I do think Arsenal have enough to get through uh, going forward. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so let's talk about what Mikel Arteta has had to say as he builds up to the Fulham game. He didn't have his press conference as usual at London Colney. He did it in the aftermath of the West Ham game at the Emirates uh, a couple of nights ago in the... um, the quotes came out at 10.30 last night under embargo. He was asked about, you know, can you win the title playing like you did against West Ham? He said, if we don't improve in the boxes, then no, because at the end of that, that's what it is. But generating the rest, yeah, you say it's a record for touches in the box. So I don't think there are many teams in the league that have done that for many years. So that's something very positive, I think. And then, yeah, I can see what he's saying, but, you know, there's got to be end product at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how many touches you have in the box. And I, and I said it yesterday, I didn't think Arsenal played awfully against West Ham. I thought, for you know, they controlled, absolutely dominated a game against a very good Premier League team. But as Miguel says, if you don't do it right in both boxes and it doesn't matter how much possession you have, how many touches you have, anything like that, if you're not good enough in the boxes, then you're not going to win games. And against West Ham, Arsenal weren't good enough in both boxes. They didn't defend their box well enough in a couple of occasions. West Ham did get forward and certainly going forward, they didn't attack well enough and they didn't take advantage of the positions they were in well enough or move the ball quickly well enough to really prize West Ham open. And when they did have the big chances, they didn't take them. So, um, 
yeah, it's just it's not rocket science, is it? If Arsenal want to win this league, they can't do what they did against West Ham. They've got to be miles, miles better in both boxes. And they need Saka and Martinelli to start performing. When you look at the numbers last season, how many goals they scored, how many assists they scored, when you compare them to this season, there's been a big, big drop. And that can't be, that can't continue. If Arsenal are going to win this title, if they are going to compete for the Champions League, then they need their big players, their big attackers. Martinelli and Saka are their big attackers. They need him to start firing. Martinelli's got two goals in the Premier League. That's not good enough. He's only got two assists in the Premier League. That's not good enough, especially when you compare it to what he was producing last season. You know, Saka's gone, I think he scored one in his last eight or something like that. That's not good enough. He needs to score more goals, um, even though he has at least been contributing in assi- with assists during that time. He was asked about if they're feeling the pressure, Mikel, and he said, I don't know. Obviously, there are a lot of games, but they looked really good. They looked fresh. And when you win... Um, you don't look at that. They are young. If they were 35, then maybe it's a different question. They have a lot of energy. They can keep going, that's for sure. And then needing to find their spark again. He said, without a spark, you don't generate what the team generates against West Ham. It's impossible. But it's the final thing, the final touch, the final action that puts the ball in the net or not. And that's what we need. They basically just need to score. It sounds simple, and it is simple. It's football. It's confidence. And no matter what level you're playing at, whether it be Sunday League or elite level like Sacra Martinelli, Goals change form. We saw it with Martinelli. He struggled at what, about this stage of the season last season, or maybe just a little bit after. It was around the sort of February time, wasn't it? And he lost his place in the team to Leandro Trossard. Then he came on in that game against Aston Villa, the Arsenal 1-4-2. He'd been dropped for that match. He hadn't started. He came on. He scored in that game as a substitute, that last-minute goal when Martinez had gone forward for a corner. And then suddenly, bang, he was off and running again for the sec- for the final third of the season. He started scoring goals all over the place. And that's all it takes. It takes one goal. And I'm utterly convinced if Martinelli can score in the league, if Saka can score in the league, if Jesus, not so much Jesus, but if Saka and Martinelli, I'm utterly convinced. You don't turn into poor players overnight. Martinelli is an exceptional, exceptional winger. He just needs to find that confidence again. When he gets that confidence, I'm sure he's going to score. I've seen people saying, oh, he's been worked out. I don't buy that. I really don't buy that. Maybe that's wishful thinking from my part. Everyone's, you know, can have their opinion, but I don't buy, buy that he's been worked out. I just think he's not playing with confidence right now. And that's why he takes an extra touch. That's why he's overthinking things. That's why you see him at the moment a lot of times head down because he's not looking up because he's concentrating so much on what he's doing because he's scared of making a mistake. And um, and that's what I think is going to be, if it can get himself scoring, then I think you're going to see that form change. And I really, really do. Okay, team news-wise, ahead of the game against Fulham at the weekend, these five were all at the game against West Ham, sitting and watching the match, unfortunately, in the stands. Could do with having some of those on the pitch at the moment. Obviously, Kai Havertz, Fabio Vieira, Thomas Partey, Tommy Asu and Urien Timber. Only one of those players is going to be back for uh, for the Fulham game, and that is Kai Havertz. I expect he's going to come straight back into the starting 11. Um, in terms of Tomiyasu and Partey, who are the closest of the four to coming back, they haven't started training yet with the team. So, you know, you can certainly count them out for this weekend. You imagine it's going to count them out for Liverpool in the FA Cup as well. And it's, you, know, you just need them back. And in terms of Timber and Vieira, they're, you know, working their way back from their long-term injuries as well. So Kai Havertz comes back into the team this weekend. I think he starts. This is my predicted 11 for the game. You know, it's not necessarily what the team I would pick. This is what I think Mikel's going to do. I was, I'm in an and I was wondering if he might bring Kivior in for this one and give Zinchenko a bit of a rest. I've gone with Zinchenko, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if Kivior does line up at left-back. So the predicted 11 I've gone for for the match, David Raya in goal, Ben White at right-back, Saliba, Gabriel and Zinchenko. Then I'm going with Declan Rice as number six with Odegaard and Havertz coming back into the side, of course. 
next to Odegaard. So that means Trossard dropping out. And then I'm sticking with the front three of Jesus, Martinelli and Saka. I wouldn't be disappointed to see Trossard play in place of Jesus in this one. You know, I'm a big, big fan of Trossard in that false nine position. When he played there recently, he scored goals. He brought a lot to the team. I don't, I just, I I think he can do a job over on the left-hand side. We saw last season he can do a job over on the left-hand side in place of Martinelli. But I much prefer him in the number nine role. Um, and I wouldn't be against seeing that. And Jesus giving a bit of a rest and maybe coming on in the second half. But I think Mikel will probably stick with that front three once again of Saka, Jesus and Martinelli. Um, Arsenal got haven't got too many games coming up. They've got Liverpool in the cup, of course, but they've got a pretty free schedule after this one. So um, I think that, Mikel and the medical staff and the science team will probably think that they've got enough energy in their legs to to play them through this without having to make too many changes. But let me know what you think in the comments below. Uh, just one little question, uh, comment here from Leachy Boy before I go. He says, we will not league, win the league without a 25-goal-a-season striker. It has to happen generally or forget the title. Maybe in the meantime, switch Martinelli and Jesus. Martinelli has played striker before and been ineffective out wide. Put Jesus out wide where I think he'll be more effective. Um, yeah, I thought that last point was an interesting point. Look, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that Arsenal will not win the league without a 25-goal-a-season striker. Arsenal didn't not win the league last season because of a lack of goals. And this is the same forwards. They lost. They didn't win the league last season because of their defence. They scored enough goals to win the title. The stats prove that. They just didn't, they didn't, they conceded far too many. They conceded about 15 goals too many last season. You know, they hadn't, they had a title winning attack last season and it's the same attack this time around. So I don't necessarily agree with that top bit, but I think interesting the sort of thought of switching around Martinelli and Jesus and, you know, playing Jesus out wide. You know, I don't, I don't, see why we don't potentially see that more often. I think Jesus has shown this season when Saka was out and he was playing out wide, he can play it and he can play it very well. He's such a clever player and that is potentially an option. That's why, you know, even tomorrow, I wouldn't be against seeing Trossard playing as a central striker. Martinelli being given a rest because, let's face it, he's not in the best of form. And Jesus playing out wide, you know, that could be some a way of shaking things up a little bit, making Arsenal a little bit more unpredictable because at the moment with the injuries they have, we're back into that sort of routine of knowing what the team is going to be for Arsenal at the moment. And that means the opposition opposition know what they're going to be facing a long way in advance. And maybe you could do something like that to change things up. You know, play Jesus out wide, play Trossard as a central striker, play Martinelli, as you suggest here, Leachy Boy, as a central striker. Just do something a little bit differently. Um, I don't think he will, but it, I think it's certainly something that should be considered. So thank you very much for your comment there, Leachy Boy. All right, that's it from me today, everyone. Thank you very much for your time. As always, I really do hope you enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Sit back and watch the rest of the football. Arsenal could end this week, end today. It probably will end today, fourth in the Premier League. You would expect Manchester City to win at home against Sheffield United and move above them in the league. You would expect Aston Villa to win at home to Burnley and move ahead in the league. So Arsenal could, probably will end the day fourth in the Premier League. But having said that, they go and win um tomorrow at Fulham then they'll end Sunday top of the Premier League so that's how tight it is at the moment I will be at Craven Cottage I'm in the press box tomorrow so keep your eyes peeled for all the usual stuff and live action tweeting from me but until then have a very good Saturday 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.